right? Our parents were saying, oh, it's just a fad, it'll never last. But here we are, you know, 50 some years later and we're still rocking. Welcome to Humans of the Hospital. This is a place to listen to stories about anything from anyone in a hospital building. Straight from, say, a nurse, patient, visitor, or barista. I'm Ben Myers. Today's storyteller is a pharmacist. He's on the phone at his home in Michigan. The next time you go grab a prescription, maybe while you wait, you can talk about classic rock. Okay, what exactly do you do? I'm a pharmacist. I work uh, in retail pharmacy, chain chain pharmacy. Uh, I have for 30 years. Prior to that, I did work for um, a couple of independents, but uh, last 30 years have been chain drugstore. Okay, so if I were to go visit my local pharmacy, would I see you behind the counter? Yes, I would be behind the counter. What's something that people don't necessarily realize about being a pharmacist, maybe about how it works with the health system and the medicine and the care that they receive? The biggest point of confusion, I would say, is a result of the uh, way the insurance situation has developed over the years. If people have never had a prescription, they assume that uh, their doctor prescribes and they walk into the store and pick up the drug and everything's cool. But uh, these days, uh, there are... By and large, the insurance companies have restricted what they will pay for restricted things like the day's supply um, and how soon you can get your refills and stuff like that. So issues like that, I would say, uh, generate the most confusion and frustration on the part of the public. So what do you do to work with that? Well, a variety of things. One, I mean, we can can notify their doctor that a given drug isn't covered, uh, can um, contact the insurance company to see what their criteria for paying for the drug would be, Um, can give them options in terms of paying for it. If it's a prescription that's too soon from the most recent filling, you know, it's just a matter of telling them when they can come in and pick it up. On his way to work, his radio is always playing rock and roll. He can tell you what makes rock so big for him. He's got quite a list of bands that he's seen live. Let's start off at the top of the list with music. Cool. Yeah, let's let's talk about music. Um, What kind of music do you listen to? Rock and roll. Classic rock, vintage rock. Oh, like the Beatles, Stones, The Doors, Pink Floyd, uh, The Who. Um, you know, The Cream, Steppenwolf. Anything from the, the 60s through most of the 70s. 
Did you ever see any yeah. anybody live? Oh yeah, uh, I saw the Beatles. I saw the Stones. Saw Pink Floyd. All of them when they were um, in the prime of their of their careers. Uh, the Who, Jethro Tull, Elton John, Bob Seger, Ario Speedwagon. Saw Alice Cooper possibly a year, year and a half ago. The Beatles I saw at Dodger Stadium. Um, I saw a lot of concerts at Kobo Arena in Detroit. Uh, a couple at the Pontiac Silverdome. Many at uh, what's now DTE Energy Theater, formerly Pine Knob. But yeah, to me it was all about the live experience. And the recordings, the various recordings or listening to the radio was all uh, in preparation for going to a live concert. When you're listening to classic rock, like, what's the draw for you or what, like, why classic rock, I guess? I would say, you know, classic rock is mainly guitar music. I'm a guitar fan, a guitar player, and so it's guitar music I'm drawn to. The basics of rock and roll are easy to understand and listen to, and uh, you know, at the time it was it was it was relevant music. I mean, we might have thought it was more than it really was, but it seemed to be more just a tune to listen to. It was. You know, it was full of politics and, you know, idealism. And um, as far as the art itself, it, you know, it drew you in and it still does. I think that's why rock and roll is so popular even today. I mean, right, our parents were saying, oh, it's just a fad, it'll never last. But here we are, you know, 50-some years later and we're still rocking. And you play guitar? Yes. Yeah, not a lot. Uh, just whenever I have a free minute or, you know, if somebody comes over that plays, we'll, we'll plug them in and mess around for a while. But, it, I mean, it's not an everyday thing. I've taken a lot of lessons. I've, pro I've performed in front of a crowd maybe two times in my life. But, uh, yeah, I play. How long have you been playing then? Oh, you know, like, like most people my age, I had my first guitar at 12 years old. Um, took some lessons as a kid, put it down for 30 years, and then I picked it up again and got pretty serious about learning the guitar and more about music and uh, that probably occurred 15 or 20 years ago. Are you writing your own stuff or? I totally copy my heroes. Nothing original. I steal from, uh, I steal from the music that's out there. <laughs> it's good music. No need to reinvent the wheel. That's right. That's the way I look at it. Where do you usually listen? Mostly in my car. Mostly digital, uh, Sirius XM, uh, I use quite a bit. 
Um, still have some CDs and uh, still have uh, some vinyl laying around. You know, we spend a lot of time in our car and that's where um, I have my presets set up to listen to the kind of music I most prefer. Guitars and politics in music? Some things never change, I guess. Thanks for listening to Humans of the Hospital. Find all the human stories at soundcloud.com slash humansofthehospital. Reach out to us for ideas and questions at humans.hospitals at gmail.com.